Leaving his car running, Crawford stepped out. He was perhaps ten feet from the bus. The closer he approached, the more he knew something horrible had happened. Seeing the blood smeared across the back windows, he withdrew both his flashlight and his weapon and raced to the bus. Using his caller radio, he called out, HP, we have a situation here. Boarding the bus. Get emergency services out here. Stat. His heart thumped as he approached the open door. An immediate knot formed in his stomach at the sight of the blood. What happened? Who could have done something to the children? Or rather, what? His foot slipped on the thickening blood on the metal school bus stairs. And the beam of his flashlight hit the driver's seat. It was saturated. It looked like someone had taken a bucket of flesh and blood and tossed it across the seat. Crawford gagged, stepped into the bus fully, and shone his light. He whimpered out and, oh God. Just before vomit shot up his esophagus into his mouth, he spit and fought for control. HP, he called out in revulsion. Oh God, I need backup, oh God. Crawford, what's the situation? Crawford didn't reply. Against what he wanted, he took in what was around him. Blood everywhere. Not a spot of the bus was without it. He saw an arm. A tiny arm with painted nails holding a book bag. Another step revealed what appeared to be part of a torso. Guts and intestines decorated the bus like Christmas tinsel. Crawford, come in. When that call for him arrived, Crawford lowered the volume on the radio because he swore he heard something at the same time. A growl. Then it repeated, a snarling growl accompanied by a chilling, wet sound. It came from the back of the bus. It was an animal. It had to be an animal. With the beam of his flashlight leading the way and gun extended, Crawford inched to the back. As he drew closer, he saw sneakers, and then he saw the little legs just a portion of a moving child who appeared to be on his knees, maybe hiding from the animal. His little feet wearing blue high-top canvas tennis shoes extended into the aisle from the last row on the bus. He wanted to yell out for the kid, tell him he didn't have to hide, that he was there to help him, but Crawford didn't want to alert the animal to the child's presence. Quietly, he crept closer, just as he hit the last row, he moved the beam of light and softly called out, Son, it's okay. The little boy was half under the seat. His head moved back and forth. The sound, the snarling, it was close. Too close. Then, just as another son slipped from his mouth, Crawford saw there was another child under the back seat. That child was probably hiding. And then high-top tennis shoe boy pulled from under the seat, lifted his head and snapped a glare at Crawford with a snarl. Flesh dangled from his baby teeth and Crawford saw the gaping, open stomach wound of the little boy that was hiding. High-top tennis shoe boy snarled once more, then returned to his task of the child under the seat. Covering his mouth with the back of his hand, Crawford spun to get the hell out of there. Bud, the bus driver, stood at the front of the bus, arms outward, 
His mouth was bloody, face half-missing, as if eaten, and what remained of his face was pasty white. Crawford froze in fear. Bud growled. Thinking the only way around Bud was to shoot him, Crawford raised his weapon. He never got to fire. At least not at Bud. They came for him from all angles. Agile and fast. Two lunged from his left side, another from the right. A small girl latched onto his legs, and another boy, no older than six, raced down the aisle at an incredible speed and leapt at Crawford, latching onto him as if he was Velcro. Rapidly, he climbed up Crawford's body and went for the face. All of the children moved fast, gnawed fast, and were going through Crawford's body like piranha. Crawford screamed in pain just once, and not for long. They took him down fast, and Bud joined in.